following is a production of Word Alive Creative Arts. Welcome to the podcast of Word Alive International Outreach in Oxford, Alabama, an apostolic center for transformation and freedom. We pray today that you will be blessed and strengthened by this powerful message. Kent and Bev Maddox coming to you today from our home. Yes, we are. We're really excited about it. And honestly, I was going to have on an apron and maybe do a little cooking demo for you, <laughs> but it's already prepared and really ready to eat. So I'm sorry you missed out on that. What an amazing day uh, we have here as we're celebrating Passover, the Resurrection Day, in our homes. Uh, probably one of the most unusual gatherings that's ever happened uh, in our history. Well, definitely in thousands upon thousands of years for the Jewish culture. Takes us all the way back to We're believing God and so thank you so much for taking just a few moments to uh, enter into a celebration of Passover today. Uh, we just want to give you just a bit of instruction we felt like the Lord had, had given us and also just some, some encouraging words as we step into what I believe a new season, a new decade, 2020, it started in a very tumultuous way, but uh, I'm sure there are big, big benefits on the other side of it. And I believe there's even a per, you know, think about it, churches all over the world today are empty, church they buildings, are. yet houses are full of people of faith. I'm just saying, I saw a vision of it, houses of light with angels ascending and descending in homes as people were gathered together, offering up worship right around a family table. Isn't and that so, powerful? Yes, and I believe that as we're preparing for Passover, it's really preparing us for the rest of our journey. Wow. No matter how much time we have left on the earth, I believe that this Passover, as we prepare for it, we are really being prepared for great things for the kingdom of Think God. Think about that. Our prophetic vision here at Word Alive was a thousand houses of light. Maybe today oh, it, there's a thousand houses of light that are portals opening it up for heaven. Maybe even more. I mean, when you really think about it, it, if you're worshiping God and you're inviting the presence of Holy Spirit to come in, He's right there. And surely there is a heavenly light shining down on you and your family. Praise God. That is awesome. We want to just encourage you uh, three different ways we're celebrating Passover Day. First, we're going to share a meal, and hopefully sometime today you'll get to have a meal. Uh, that's why we're going to try to be brief this morning because I'm sure you're <laughs> we prepared. We know you're ready to get to it. Meal. Have a meal. We're going to honor the Lord with our first fruits giving. Bev and I will be leading you in that. And then we have a short message of hope where we're going to be standing at our door just like they did in Egypt at Passover and declaring the hope of the Lord over our door and over your door of your home. The meal is important. In the, in the Passover tradition, they ate a meal. Isn't it interesting that there's a plague in the land? Moses commands them to go to their house and to, to literally, in the land of Egypt, enter in their house. He didn't tell them to fast. He tells them, eat a meal. Well, it's such a practical application. They needed strength for the journey. Bright hope for tomorrow. Yes. I mean, they had to prepare. He knew that they had a journey ahead of them. They needed something on their tummies. Jesus in Jerusalem, the last thing he did before he went to the cross, he, he tells the disciples, go find us a house. Not the temple or the synagogue. Go find us a house and let's celebrate the Passover together and let's do it with a meal. Now, God instructed them when to eat the meal like this, dressed up, your belt on, your shoes on your feet, your staff in your hand because we're going somewhere. So, exactly. Bev and I, we've got our Sunday we best do. on today. We do. We're ready. We're ready for this season. So Regardless of what's happening in the world, we are dressed in our best 
for him. And we're encouraging you. The reason we're, we're kind of dressed up is because we're saying today's a different day. It's not just a normal day. It's yes. really a holy meal it that is. we're going to be partaking of. And so we just encourage you. Find your place to have a meal. Hopefully you're already starting to prepare that. If you can't do it with your family live because of shelter in place, maybe you could share some FaceTime with them and, and, and share, share a family meal. But we're entering into a tradition. And so the traditional Passover was a Seder meal, which means order. But in the midst of a Seder meal, they had the family meal. And so they sat around the, the fa uh, table of the family. This is our kitchen table. Sometimes we said, Lord, if this table could talk, right? Oh, Lord, listen, I tried to replace it one time with a round table. It was anarchy. I mean, I, I had set it up. It was more contemporary. It was great. And absolutely nobody was having it in the whole family. They were like, where's the table? We love our kitchen table here. And oh, so hopefully there's a signal. There's the oven going off over there. Our food is getting ready. I'm going to have to take care of that. I'll be right back. How about that? Bev's leaving the Passover for the, for the meal in the oven. This power well, it's of the so good that it happened right then. This power of the meal is so important. What we're asking our, what we're going to be doing around here is they read a couple of Psalms during the meal. Psalm 23 and Psalm 114. And these were traditional Psalms to read at Passover, at the Passover meal. Psalm 23 is very familiar. Psalm 114 talks about coming out of Egypt. So let one of your children read a Psalm, or if you're there with your husband and wife, one of you read a Psalm. Make this a special meal. And you know what? I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ the risen Savior and His manifested presence is going to show up at your house. Don't just do a normal meal, a hurried meal. Sit down at the table with your family or your spouse or whoever there's with you in your home. Invite the presence of Jesus to come and sense the atmosphere change because I promise you He's just looking for an invitation. All you got to do is invite him to invite him to come, and he's wanting to come. I love Psalm 100. I read it this morning in the Message Translation. It says, "Enter with the password. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Make yourselves at home, talking praise. Thank him. Worship him. We're basically just encouraging at your family meal today. Have church. Just say a prayer. Maybe sing a song, a cappella, if you will. Maybe take time to testify." You know, Bev and I, our children and our grandchildren, they know our testimony. We tell them often, if we not do. every year, how I was a drug addict and I was way away from God and my life had no purpose or meaning and I met the risen Savior and He came into my life <laughs> and transformed me by His grace and His power. Why? We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Share your faith today. Share it publicly, openly with your family and then pray sincere prayers. Paul the Apostle said, let's keep the feast because Jesus is our Passover lamb and let's keep it with sincerity and truth. And so be sincere today and let sincere prayer and thanksgiving come out of your heart. And I promise you, I believe it's going to be one of the most powerful meals that we've celebrated yes. as a family in a long time. Well, you know, at Thanksgiving, we have a tradition, and I'm sure you may do this in your home as well. Everyone goes around the table and talks about what they're thankful for. But that's not just, you know, Thanksgiving is an American holiday. But around the world, there are a lot of thankful people for what God has done in their lives. So it's being thankful every day and finding something to have an attitude of gratitude mm. and really demonstrate your thankfulness because we have really got so much to be thankful for. We truly Really yes, do. We do. And so that today as we're preparing for Passover, that's exactly what I believe God is demonstrating to us. It's like he's preparing our hearts and he's just saying, hey, look, I'm there with you. Remember me? Let me remind you of what I've already done and keep looking toward the future because I have great things in store for you.
I love that, Bev. And I really believe Holy Spirit is, it told me clearly that our worship, that's why we're not doing a worship from our platform like we've been the last few weeks, even though it's been amazing Powerful, worship. gracious. But we felt Holy Spirit say our meal would be worship today. Yes. And so your meal, as you offer thanksgiving to God, it will be your worship today. And so Bev and I just pray the great Holy Ghost will come into your home today and sanctify yes. your meal, sanctify your family, and release the blessings of Passover over you and your family in a whole new way this season, even while we're sheltered in place. The second way we want to celebrate Passover is offering first fruits. We've been talking about this for now, gosh, almost a decade, and we are seeing the benefits. Just to give you a quick update, if you don't know what we're talking about about first fruits, First fruits is how we enter into the cycles of each of the seasons of the Lord at Passover, Pentecost, mm -hmm. and Tabernacles. He said, come before me. Now, isn't it interesting that God said, keep these feasts, not just one time, but as a continual memorial. Why? Because the word testimony, as we keep the feast with testimony, means the same power that was at Passover in Egypt, when we celebrate it by faith today, is made available to us once again. And so as we celebrate Passover by first fruits offering, he said, come before me and don't come empty handed. That's why we come once a month to Rosh Kodesh and three times a year with an extravagant offering of faith because we believe that the same God of Passover thousands of years ago is the same God today that wants us to yes, step into another realm of being resourced to fulfill our purpose and our destiny in the kingdom of God. So the concept of first fruit, they were an agricultural nation. Yes. And so they were they could plow and sow the seed, but they had to have favorable conditions for that to manifest and bring forth the harvest. And so they would Yes, do the work. So we have our jobs, we have our careers, we have our responsibilities, but we need favorable conditions from God. And this is what we do at Passover. We step into these favorable conditions, another realm of, if you will, of blessings that God brings in our life. Now, what I love about First Fruits is it's not something that's uh, like a tithe, which is 10% or a specific amount of offering. When we look at first fruits, this is something we have to hear God on. And God speaks to us every time Bev and I get around this time. So today we're not asking you to give a certain amount. We're saying ask God and see how he wants you to move with him during this Passover season and listen to him and obey him. And I promise you, you break out of cycles of lack, cycles of defeat, and you will move into cycles of blessings that should get greater and greater, greater and greater season. year after yes. year. Listen to this scripture, 2 Corinthians 6, 7. Remember, a stingy planter gets a stingy crop. A lavish planter gets a lavish crop. I want each of you to take plenty of time to think it over and make up your own mind what you want to give. This will protect you against sob stories and arm twisting. <laughs> I, love that. I love that. That's God, so practical. God said, this is between me and you. God loves it when the giver delights in giving. And you know what will happen? God can pour on the blessings in astonishing ways so that you're ready for anything and everything, more than just ready to do what needs to be done. As one psalmist put it, he throws caution to the winds, gives generously to the needy in reckless abandon. His right living, right giving ways never run out, never get old. This most generous God who gives seed to the farmer that becomes bread for your meal, extravagant with you. He gives you something that you can't give away, which grows into full-formed lives, robust in God, wealthy in every way, so that you can be generous in every way, producing great praise unto God. I mean, just listening to you read that, I mean, it's like you can 
feel the power of that. I mean, it's amazingly powerful. God wants us to move, and, and even in this season, where people are worried about losing jobs and losing income. I understand the crisis that we're in, but this is our way out. The prophet said, keep giving, keep worshiping, keep believing in the blood. Matthew 6, don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, what you're going to put on. Seek the kingdom of God first and all these blessings shall be added unto you. There's actually seven blessings of Passover as we celebrate today from Exodus 23 that we want to release over you today. I want Bev to read them here in just a second. And then I'm gonna take the shofar and even though Bev and I are giving online, like most of you are giving online, I know some will be mailing their uh, first fruits in. I thought I had the cutest thing yesterday. You may have saw Preston and oh I's little gosh. Facebook thing we did. Preston and I was right <laughs> over the church property. And one of our dear saints, one of our elderly saints, showed up at the church with her mask on and her pink envelope uh, standing outside. And, and, and I just brought me to tears. Telling you. And she said, I, she said, this is essential. <laughs> it is essential. <laughs> she said, I wanted to get this into, the, in, in, into God's hand. And yes. I thought, what a precious expression of faith. And that's what this is all about. In the midst mm. of crisis, midst of this, we sow in faith knowing that our God has blessings in store for us. So, Bev, take, take a minute to share these seven blessings. Of well, Passover. this is amazing. And Passover is a commanded feast, and every Israelite had to take place. But it really holds even more meaning for us because Christ is our Passover lamb. And so, these are the commanded blessings mm. of God. It says, Angels on assignment are promised to guide us into the land prepared for us. That's Exodus 23, 20. God will be an adversary to your adversaries. God himself will beat back your enemies. Wow. Exodus 23, 22. Assets necessary for life means everything that we need. We don't have to worry about food, clothing, or shelter. He is going to provide every single thing that we need. That's Exodus 23, 25. All afflictions will be removed. Not mm. only will we not be sick, but there won't even be sickness around us. Exodus 23, 25. Renewal. God has promised babies to bear women. Oh, and I prophesy that yes. right now. And to fulfill the number of our days with long life, he will satisfy us and our youth will be renewed. That's Exodus 23, 26. Abundance is overflowing. God promised Israel a land flowing with milk and mm. honey, a place where they would thrive. So I prophesy we are thriving, not only surviving. And this place has been prepared for all of us as well. Exodus 23, 31. And number seven, old cycles are being destroyed and broken right now. And the new is beginning. Passover begins the year of living in abundance in every area of our lives, a blessing on our families, our careers, our finances, our health, and our emotions. And that is found in Exodus 23, 24. Those are the promises of God. Wow, we just released those seven Absolutely. blessings of Passover over you and your family as you're sharing your meal today, as you're offering your first fruits offering. We just say, let the seven blessings of Passover come upon you and your family today. And my sister called me yesterday, Boo, I call her Brenda, <laughs> and she said, hey, uh, she calls me preacher. And she, does, she says, she preacher, make sure now and lift my offering and first fruits up to God. I've already <laughs> mailed them in. So y'all want them offered up well, to we'll God. Symbolically she said, I want them offered up, up to yes. God now. So you offer them up to God for me. And so I just thought what I would do, you know, the tradition is to blow the shofar. And so beg me to watch your ears Go here. Go ahead, darling. I hope I get to do it right here, even though I'm sitting down. I'm just going to release the shofar. This is what we, 
We do symbolically, this is the ram's horn caught in the thicket. This is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. So as you're offering up your first fruits today, I'm going to release the sound of heaven over that and just to the atmosphere to say, Lord, we thank you that you hear our prayers, yes. you see our giving in faith, and you answer accordingly in Jesus' name. I say, Amen. God, arise and your enemies be scattered in the mighty name Amen. of Jesus. Amen. Let me Ain't see if I can the other way, dog. <laughs> celebrating Passover. We're going to put a graphic up on the screen so you know exactly how you can give, whether you're mailing it in or, or sending it in online or, or doing it on the app. And we're and then while you're doing that, Bev and I are going to transition to our front door and we just want to give you a quick message. We feel like the Holy Spirit gave us some hope and then we'll finish our prayer together. Love you guys. Well, here we are at our front door. I was so excited when I got home the other day after a, a two about the rope of hope, and I got here. And Bev, Bev had our door decorated with our with our red on it, and then our wreath, and yes. I was excited that she had hung hope on our door. Absolutely, that's what this whole season is about—hope. So it, this comes from Hosea 2, 14 and 15. And the scripture says very powerfully that God would bring us back into the wilderness. He would speak comfortably to us there. Yes. He would renew our relationship with him in this season. And our valley of trouble would become a gateway of hope. And that word hope is so powerful because it's the word tikva, which means the stretching of a rope. And it's literally used in Joshua chapter 2 where God told Rahab. I love that teaching. When, when the spies came to her home and she housed the spies and protected them, they said, hang a red rope outside your window or your door. And when destructions come, it will pass over you and you will be saved. So that's, I'm believing everything's going to pass right over us, including the storm that's yes, supposed we'll to be, be headed our about way. That. And so this red rope of hope, this tikvah, isn't it interesting? It's the same thing God told uh, Israel in Egypt. Put the blood yes. on the door. And so many have, now we've seen Facebook uh, photos, many have hung something red. Maybe today if you've not done it, you can just put a red string or something red on your door, literally declaring and decreeing your hope. But this is not wishful thinking. No, it's not. This is real hope. Yes, this is the kind is. of hope that doesn't disappoint. I want to share just a little bit of Hebraic imagery with you that I found this week that so blessed me when we talk about hope. It goes all the way back to the garden in Genesis chapter 2. It says there was a river that flowed through, through the garden and it was named Pishon. 
And this was the main river. It went into four different areas. It was a river named Pishon, and it flowed in a land called Havilah. Yes. Now, this is very interesting. It said this was a river called Pishon flowing in a land called Havilah, and in the river was gold. Now, when you read that all the way back to Genesis 2, this is the very beginning. It's interesting. This word Pishon means hope. Isn't that interesting? Yes. All the way back in Genesis, the word Pishon means hope. So it says, out of Eden flowed a river called Hope, and that river went through the entire land of Havilah. The word Havilah means suffering. Oh my gosh. So when a Hebrew person would read Genesis 2.10, here's what they read. There's a river called Hope that's always flowing in the land of suffering. I love that. All the way back in the beginning, oh there's gosh. a river called hope. Wow. Always flowing in the land of suffering. In other words, if you're in the land of suffering, there's a river called hope flowing somewhere. You just got to find it. The, actually, the Talmud says after Adam and Eve got cast out of the garden, they spent 40 days wading their feet in the river of Pashan. Oh my gosh. Of because they were in a land of suffering, they needed to remind themselves that there was hope flowing through it. One of the ideas of the cross is that hope always flows through suffering. Anytime you're in a land of suffering, the land of transition, the land of wilderness, a desert, anytime you're in places like that, there's always called a river of hope oh flowing. Oh my gosh, that is such good news for all of us. All we got to do is find it. Now, <clears throat> the problem is this commentary says there's always other rivers. There's rivers called give up. There are. Rivers called blame everybody there else. Are. Rivers called get critical. Rivers mm -hmm. called, you know, just spread as much turmoil as chaos as you possibly can. There's river called all these things, but those aren't the rivers they we're looking are for. Not. We're looking for the river of hope. Now, river of hope, it actually says that there's gold in it. I had never realized this, but they say when you put pure gold in water, it causes a colloidal suspension and it turns the water red. How amazing is that? So, so if the river of hope has gold in the riverbed, as it says Pishon did, what color was the river in Eden? It was it's red. A river of hope. The word gold is interesting. Every Hebrew letter is a picture. It's like a comic strip. Three letters for the word gold. An eyeball, a man harvesting supply, and the third letter means a house. So if you've got an eye or an eyeball, a man harvesting the house, a Hebrew would read this saying, Behold, the one who brings us substance for survival brings it into the house oh of God. Oh my gosh. So when a Hebrew person reads Genesis 2.10, here's how they would read it. Hope flows through suffering because, behold, the one who brings us substance for survival brings, us, brings it to us in the house of God through a river of blood. Hope flows through suffering. When the water is turning red, it literally means hope is flowing. Oh, my gosh. So now stay with me just a minute. You've you got to just get this imagery. Oh, my gosh. So now 430 years later or hundreds of years later, these Hebrew-minded people who know Hebrew imagery through the covenant of Abraham wind up in Egypt. What happens with the very first plague? The water is turned into blood. My so Egyptians would be thinking, oh my God, a curse is coming. Not the Hebrews. They thought, hang on. Hope's fixing the flow. Hope. Hope's fixing the flow. Blessings wow. are fixing the flow. 
course, they might not have been Alabama called fixing, but they, <laughs> hope's fixing yeah, the flow. Blessings are fixed. So when that water turned red, they knew through Hebrew imaging, wait a minute, we know what this means. This means in our land of suffering, we're about to get blessed. We're about to get wow. a breakthrough. We're about to get out of here. What's the second place that happened when they left Egypt? They went through the what? The Red Sea. The Red Sea. Wherever the water is red, it's flowing hope. Now they get into the wilderness. Y'all know the faux pas, right? They took gold. Yes. Right? Remember gold? Made a golden calf. Moses comes back off the mountain. I've never seen this before, but it's right there in the Bible. It tells him, destroy the calf. It becomes powder. He mixes it with water and, makes and tells them to drink it yes. for the remission of sins. Why? The water had become red Yes. because of the gold. Wow. Do you see the imagery? Now go all the way with me to the New Testament. All of a sudden, in the land of suffering, a Messiah shows up, a rabbi, they thought. In John chapter 2, the very first place he does a miracle, what does he do? He turns water into, into wine. wine. Wow. and said this would be the beginning of the miracles of miracles. Why? In the land of suffering, there's always a river called hope. Think about it. When a woman carries a baby to full term and has a child, it's blood and water that's released. Why? On the other side of suffering through hope, you hold that bundle and of joy. And great joy. Absolutely. And great joy. Go all the way to the cross with me. Our Messiah, our Passover lamb hung on the cross. And the last thing that happened, it says they took a sword mm. and pierced his side and it flowed blood and water. Why? The cross says to you and me, no matter what we're suffering, mm. there's a river of a flow of hope. Zechariah 12 says there is a fountain filled with blood that's been drawn from Emmanuel's veins. I just want to prophesy to you today, mm. no matter what we're going through, whether it's the current crisis that we're globally facing or your personal crisis, there is a river called hope always flowing in the land of suffering. You, there's just such an anointing on that. And so we just want huh. to release hope today. Yes, we do. Not wishing, not just wishing each other well, but hope, spiritual hope that comes from realizing the power of the covenant of God. Now think about this. If the rev regular blood of a goat or an animal could keep Israel safe and provide for them and deliver them in Egypt, that blood applied to the doorpost of their house, their life, bring deliverance, healing, and the manifestation of God's goodness. How much more today, not the blood of a goat, not the blood of the animal, but with the blood of God's own son, oh Jesus Christ, our Passover lamb. That is our hope, and that is what we're putting our, staking our hope and our faith in today. And so Bev and I stand at the door of our home, and we just bless you today. And we ask that sometime if you, after you've had your meal, offered your first fruits offering, that you would just go stand at your own door. Touch your door and just decree and declare the blood yes. of Jesus Christ is over the doorpost of our home and over the doorpost of our hearts. And we put our faith and our hope in Him and we trust that God will bring the resolve to our suffering and will visit us and meet our every need during this time. Bev and I just agree for that, yes. not just for you and our Word of Life family, but would you join in us in prayer now? We pray for not only our Word of Life family, we pray for all the people today, wherever you're celebrating in yes. your homes, that you would reach out by faith today and claim the blood of the covenant as your portion this Passover for your home and your family. We claim redemption and healing and provision yes. and deliverance from the suffering and the mercy of God 
to flow. We pray for those around the world today that are suffering today through sickness and disease and poverty and destruction. And we say, let a revelation come their way that there is a river called hope flowing in the midst of their suffering. Holy Spirit, visit people today around the world with the message of the hope of the resurrection of Jesus yes, Christ. Lord we God. just release that hope into the atmosphere yes, today and we thank you for it now. We apply the yes, blood of Jesus over the doors of our homes and the doors of our heart as we celebrate Passover today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I feel the anointing wow. of the Holy Ghost I with mean, us today. Absolutely. I mean, just such a beautiful presence of God. Beautiful presence. We here in Alabama oh. pray against these storms yes, we that do. are coming. And we just say, go back up into the heavens, do what needs to be done to bring God's will, but let no harm come and no yes. destruction come. So we join the people in Alabama praying for that today. Uh, tonight at 6 o'clock, I just released a message that aired at Chuck Pierce's yesterday. Chuck said when I did, as soon as the message was released, the heavens opened and a torrential rain hit their place. He thought it was prophetic. And there was such an anointing that came on it. We want to show that to you tonight at 6 p.m. So if you have time after you celebrate your Passover day today, we want to show you this message tonight at 6 p.m. We just want you to know we love you as you're celebrating your family meal, as you're giving your first fruits offering, as you are claiming the hope of Jesus Christ today, that the blessings of heaven yeah. fill your home fill your heart, and we celebrate the goodness of God that was brought our way through Jesus Christ, our Messiah and Savior. Be blessed this Passover and this Resurrection Day. We love you very, very much. This has been a presentation of Word Alive International Outreach, 122 Allendale Road, Oxford, Alabama. Reach us by phone at 256-831-5280 or at our website, wordalive.org. This has been a production of Word Alive Creative Arts.